0: Timothy chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. So just say amen when you have it. Speaking of elders, pastors, uh, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, he must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? And then flip over to 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 2 and 3. 1 Peter 5, chapter 5, verses 2 and 3. Can say okay. Of elders, or pastors, uh, Peter writes this, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. This is God's word. Thanks for the God in me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we have your word. Your word is all sufficient. We pray that as we come under your word that you would use it to help us, to transform us, uh, and to point us to the risen Christ. I pray that you would help me to divide it rightly uh, so indeed I have nothing to be ashamed of and so that your church might be built up. I ask all these things for your glory uh, in the good of your your bride. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I just realized what I was doing. You're going to have to forgive me if I'm not looking at you because this is actually the first time that I have preached a message in this building where there wasn't a camera directly in front of me. And so I'm just, it's, it's so weird how this is a habit of me just staring right down the center. Uh, So if you see me doing that, you can even, there we go. Yeah. Uh, So I just want to preface uh, this message just with a, just with a couple things before we, before we dive into what it, what we mean when we say that pastors are to manage all the church. Um, this is a topical message. This series uh, this in Bible study, the, the pillars of the pastorate, these are topical messages. And that means that we want to provide sort of an overarching picture of what it means for pastors in, in this message to manage the church. And so while I, I gave a couple primary texts that I'm going to refer to more often than I might refer to others, uh, we're really trying to sew together this biblical idea of what it means for for pastors to manage the church. And this means that I'm going to be in several different places in the scriptures to help uh, bring that idea together. Okay. Uh, the, the second thing that I think is important to say is this is probably going to grind up more than some of the others. Uh, it's probably going to grind it. against some of our American uh, sensibilities. Uh, we don't Uh-oh. really like to submit to any had it. So it's not just matter of sinners know mm-hmm. uh, to ourselves mm-hmm. uh, and so you can hear we know him. this this is evident in the world certainly and we think and we often even in the church think too much of ourselves uh, if we think that this same resistance to submission uh, doesn't exist in our own hearts it, it does uh, even as believers in Christ and, and so just bear that in mind I'm going to talk about that uh, in a minute uh, more specifically. Uh, just lastly also, uh, when we think of, of managing the church, that, that comes with, uh, with it, uh, comes with it, this, this sense of authority, uh, it, it carries uh, this weight of, of oversight, and I do know that for some here and, and even some listening, uh, that, that that idea of managing uh, the church or, or authority over someone can bring some baggage, it can have baggage uh, with it for people personally. The, the idea of managing an oversight is something that's often abused. Uh, this could be even in the history of our own country, we, we've seen the misuse of power in the enslavement of people, uh, in the history of our country. Uh, it could be something that, that, that you think about as you process your own upbringing and how you maybe even were, unfortunately, the recipient of someone's abuse of, of their power or authority or influence over you. Uh, and some of us, unfortunately, have even experienced this in, in the church when it comes to pastors or a particular pastor that maybe used their authority in an ungodly way. And, and so I know that this topic can bring with it a uh, different baggage for different people. And I, I know that I'm also not able to address all that uh, in just a 35-minute exhortation on this idea of, of pastors as, as managers of the church. And so, so with that, just know that we, as your pastors, are here to listen to you, to, to walk with you, to bear burdens with you, um, even, you know, as it concerns the baggage that comes with man. How do I consider uh, authority, specifically authority uh, within the church? So, so just, just know that. Um, the, the goal for tonight is, is simply to acknowledge that God's word does indeed have a category for pastoral uh, managing or pastoral oversight, and it's a good category. It's good, and, and scripture identifies this as a good gift in, in the church, and it identifies it as a good gift that's given to the church for her benefit, for her good. And, 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 and we just want to put forth that, that goodness and, and the goodness of God's design and, and talk about what it looks like in the local church. Uh, so again, this is not going to be exhaustive. Uh, it can't be exhaustive in the time that we have. Um, there's going to be a couple spots where we'll stop for questions, and, and even that time certainly can't be exhausted. So if you do have questions, even after, I uh, just come talk to me or talk to Pastor Valtor or, or Pastor Brian. Um, so with that, uh, let's just ask the question: Does God want His church to be managed? Does God want His church uh, to be managed? Just just a, a quick story uh, to help 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 in that. But sometimes, to cap off a date night. Uh, Cindy and I will go to Target uh, just to walk around. Okay, we like the feel of, of it. It feels clean. It's it's nice. Uh, we like the red and the white. It's it's soothing. It's it's an enjoyable way to end uh, a successful date night. Uh, and and one night we went to a Target that wasn't the normal Target that we would that we would go to. And and I noticed as we walked in that there were just there were carts everywhere. They were everywhere. They were in the aisles, they were in the departments, they were in our way, they were, they were everywhere. Um, and, and it was late. So I thought, oh, maybe they're doing inventory, maybe these are out, but there was nothing in the carts. right? Like you would see if they were stocking shelves, they're just scattered all about. Uh, and I did the logical thing that, that you might do. I was curious. And so I found someone in red and I said, what is this? Okay. And who, who is in charge of all of this? Is it supposed to look like this? Is this what are you doing and, and the person just looked at me and said no that's, it's not they're supposed to be put away but no one did it uh, it's supposed to be in order but but no one did it uh and and then that's an oversight fail there's a management for somebody failed in in their in their their role of making sure that the store was organized to the point that people walking around have to move carts out of the way just to get through the store and and, and it wasn't as enjoyable as we would have hoped it wasn't an enjoyable visit uh, to our local target. Uh, and so it's managers or or, ma- or, or, or or people who are given the task of overseeing that make the call to clean up a bit and, and get things in order uh, as they're needed to be put in order. And what about God's church, we would ask? Does he want his church to be managed? And the answer is yes. And how do we know this? Well, one of the reasons that we know this is in John 21, 15, through 17 uh, after his resurrection over breakfast with the disciples we're told that Jesus says to Simon Peter Simon son of John do you love me more than these and he said to him yes Lord you know that I love you and he said to him feed my lambs he said uh, and then he said to him uh, feed my lambs a second time he says, excuse me, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. So, so two commands there to Peter, feed my lambs and tend my sheep. And the word tend comes from the same word that means to, to manage or to attend to. And so we see the Savior's care for the, the, the church, his his church, his bride expressed in ensuring that they are tended to, that they're looked after, that they are managed. Uh, in Acts 20 and 28, Paul tells the Ephesian elders to pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained With his own blood and certainly it's god's desire that the church be managed be attended to be looked after be cared for and the the next question is what does that mean what does that look like for pastors and 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 for the church well let's look at first timothy three uh four through five in in giving qualification for overseers or pastors paul tells timothy that he much man he must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? And so the word for manager means to preside over, to to rule over, to direct, to give attention to, to to maintain and keep in good order and to be over in in such a way that it provides an example for others to, to follow in in the way that that oversight is carried out, and the way that that management of the church is carried out. Uh, the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. It's a good task. And so he must be a good example as he walks out that good task. Be with me? Okay, and the indicator that someone is able to manage or rule over uh, or direct the church is seen in how they manage the little church that they have in their home it's seen in how they manage their family uh the 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 one who's called to be a pastor overseer is to be leading in the home uh so much so that it's in a direction of godliness and lifting up the lord jesus by his example and with his direction and with his oversight he is the one who leads in this idea of as for me and my house we will serve the lord The pastor leads in that. The husband, father leads in that. And the home is under the authority of the Christian husband and father. And because the goal is godliness and the lifting up of Christ, the authority expressed is expressed in humility. It's expressed in love. It's expressed in gentleness. So God hasn't given him authority, the husband, the father of of a home, to demand that things be done his way but in accordance with the scriptures and in a way that honors the Lord and is worthy of the gospel. So the family is not supposed to cower uh, and tremble in a fearful, unhealthy way under under the rule of the authority of of the husband and and the dad, but they're to submit to his authority joyfully and respectfully and, and, and respecting the dignity of the role that God has given him and the dignity in which he carries it out. So the head of the home is working for the good and the thriving of that home. So that home can thrive in the Lord and, and understand and grow in, in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. And so so when the head of a household says, let's gather for family worship, this is the time that we're going to do it. It's for their good. And they, they all in his charge and care would say, yes, okay. And when he's when he, when he knows that there's correction needed, it's it's for their good. When a decision has to be made about the direction of the family, it, it's for their good. And so the, the home is a place where honoring the Lord is led and, and, and shepherded by the head of that household, the husband, the, the dad. And so the qualifications for elders are to manage their homes in this way. Because that's exactly what God expects them to do in the church. And just so just as an aside, a little further down, this is also the same qualification for deacons. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, in a couple of weeks when we talk about, about deacons. But they are given to manage to direct some translations, actually say preside over or, or even rule over, uh, or to watch over their family and then to watch over pastors. The entire church in a way that honors the lord verse five in the in uh first timothy tells us that it's for this sake of caring for god's church that's why pastors are there in their managing uh, it's to care for the church and not only that but they are there to to care for the church in such a way that carries with it an understanding that this is god's church so the word there is shepherd and and the church belongs to god okay we, we are sheep as the church. And, and Acts 20, 28 tells us to pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. And, 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 and in that we see that pastors are given by God through the Holy Spirit even. Isn't isn't it interesting that the Holy Spirit, the one who Jesus calls the helper or the comforter, gives pastors to help and comfort and care for the church. Part of how he cares for his sheep and helps them is by giving them men to lead over them, to rule, to manage, to give direction, to guide the church in a way that is in accordance with his word. And Paul reiterates this same idea in 1 Timothy 5 let the elders who rule well, who rule well be considered worthy of double honor. Uh, and, and he says, especially those who labor labor in preaching and teaching. And so part of that rule or oversight is in their preaching and their teaching. So, so pastors are not simply providing accurate biblical information on Sunday afternoons or or Sunday mornings. They are exercising, uh, and ruling in their office by by giving the word in a way that guides and directs a particular church and they're doing that through preaching. And so part of the ruling is through preaching certainly. And just as an aside this is one of the reasons that some uh, some denominations like presbyterians would classify ruling elders and, and teaching elders they would point to this particular passage. We we wouldn't make those those hard official categories but but the assumption is that that elders pastors teach and they rule one of the ways that they rule is that they teach uh and 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 we see that god calls them to do so it's a good gift and they're going to be held accountable by god for the way that they teach for the way that they manage for the way that they care for the church and the chief shepherd uh, as we're told in the scriptures, is watching over uh, his, his sheep. And he's going to come back and say to his undershepherds, how did you care for them? Did you, did you divide the word rightly? Did you love them gently? Did you admonish them and encourage them to, to all godliness and, and maturity? Hebrews thirteen seventeen says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Uh, let them do this with joy, not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. We'll talk more about that last part in, in a moment. So just as the Lord gives, uh, gives the church pastors to manage her and to care for her, he, he, he gives the church uh, as a gift. He also gives pastors the church. Okay, we we ask you, 1 Thessalonians five twelve. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you. And so, pastors are over, but they're also among the congregation. Past pastors are for the church, and the church is there for pastors, ruling over the the, the ruling over for the benefit of the church, and ruling from among for the benefit of even themselves, because there's accountability among the flock. You understand. This does not mean that a pastoral team is is held accountable to everyone's preferences, okay? It does mean that they are held accountable to teaching and living sound doctrine. and, And the way that they are held accountable is by the church watching them. The church watches them. Galatians 1, 8 and 9, but even if we are an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed, and so the church is watching and listening The preaching to the preaching and the teaching of the, of the elders who are given the charge to rule in that way, and Paul says, if they come to you with something different, let them know about it. Don't let that stand. He says in the same letter, oh foolish Galatians who has bewitched you, it was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. And I don't know whether other words these preachers are attempting to fool you by preaching a false gospel, bad doctrine and you're just letting them do it. Don't do that. Protect the pulpit. Protect the protect the the, the chopping block whether 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 dividing the word and make sure they are cutting it straight. Pastors have the church to keep them accountable. It's for their good as well. And in terms of Christian living, living Christian lives, 1 Timothy 5, 19 to 20, Paul says this. He tells Timothy that the men who elder should be expected to be Christian examples. And if there's evidence that they they no longer are, that needs to be That needs to be addressed. It needs to be dealt with quickly. It needs to be dealt with seriously. He says, do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. As for those who persist in sin, they rebuke them in the presence of all so that the rest may stand in fear. And so there is a clear and well uh, witness charged against an elder here and the elder is to be sharply rebuked and confronted and if after addressing that matter that the elder persists in it well then it's to be brought forth to the whole congregation this obviously assumes that the charges at least immediately are not uh, uh are not ones that are are worthy of excommunication like you would see in 1 Corinthians 5 or 1 Corinthians 6 with sins of adultery. Uh, These are matters that would uh, be immediately disqualifying for an elder or a pastor in the church and and would be even worthy of more formal church discipline. But churches are to be watchful not just over the pulpit but over the lives of their pastors. Here's, Here's an example. Let's say that uh, Pastor Kwame likes to have a Guinness or, or likes to have a glass of wine with dinner, okay? Every now and then, and and, 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 no, and, 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 and now he invites members of the church to his house to, to have dinner and they know he pastor likes a glass of wine with dinner and they bring a bottle of wine and he has a glass and then he has another glass and then he has another glass and then he has another glass and he appears to be uh, inebriated, well, what needs to happen is those members of the church who are watching out of concern need to go to the elders and they need to say, uh, brothers, we, this is what we saw and that, and that pastor needs to be rebuked and admonished sharply. And then if it persists, well, well, that would be a matter of removal or disqualification, but the initial sin may not be, but the church is to watch for those things. Where there are pastors who are dividing the word rightly, where there are pastors who are living lives in in accordance with Christian doctrine and sound doctrine, they are to manage all the church, and God calls the church to submit to them and, and follow their lead. So members are accountable to do that. Hebrews 13, 17, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls, as those who will have to give an account, let them do this with joy, not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. And so even we see there's a benefit to members in their submission to the pastors that God has provided them. It's it's good for you. It's good for me. And so... Pastors are, they're like the chief lookouts in the church for sin, for false teachers, for disunity, for evidence of God's grace and things to be celebrated. And God calls the church to obey them and submit to them as they lead and manage, direct and guide and care for. Now, now, even when I say that, okay, submit, obey your leaders, it, it, it even feels weird for me to say, it feels self-serving. In one sense, because I'm one of the pastors at this church, and and I'm saying it. In another sense, because I know that we, we do not like the idea of submission or obeying. Maybe it feels oppressive, or maybe it goes against what we think is best. And we also live in a world and a culture that says, you know exactly what you're doing. Proceed as you would. Don't let anybody question you. You are the the ruler of your own uh, little kingdom of of your life. And so it does feel even self-serving to say, but I think two things are worthy of of recognition here. Uh, The first is that submission in and of itself implies disagreement. Uh, So it's going to grind against our pride sometimes uh, to submit. So for example, if mom and dad permit something that the kids enjoy, ice cream sandwiches after dinner, everybody's happy, right? Everybody, everybody loves ice cream sandwiches. But if mom and dad say, today we are having fruit for dessert and, and the kids would rather have ice cream sandwiches while happily eating the, 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 the banana because of the nutritional value and trusting that mom and dad are giving it to me for my good, well, that's submission. I don't really wanna do it, but I trust that it's for my benefit and my good. And and so I will. And and we often really, we tend to do this without question in other places, okay? It's just in the church sometimes, probably because of the enemy, uh, it's in our own sin, uh, it's something that we're often not okay with. But if you were at your job and your boss said to you for the month of October, everybody wears plaid everything, Okay? You come to work in plaid pants and, shir- and shirts and shoes and hats, and you go, I don't really want to do that. I don't wear that. I don't normally prefer that. I don't buy those kinds of clothes. But you would do it happily because of who said it. right? Your boss says it. You submit to your boss and you do what they say, and we don't question it. But in the church, oftentimes it's more difficult uh, to swallow. Something helpful to consider in addition is that the church submits to pastors. The church does not submit to personalities. Okay. So the church submits to pastors. The church does not submit to personalities. Here's what I mean. I could die like right now and you would still have pastors. Someone could replace me and you would be called to trust them and submit to their care and their leadership and their, Oversight. And so, in a sense, you are not obeying me or Brian or Valter, whoever else God raises up to pastor this church, as more than you are actually obeying the office that God has given to care for his church. So, churches have pastors. Churches don't have Anthony's. Churches have pastors. Churches don't have uh, Valter's. This is why someone can join a church with, say, 15 elders and maybe know two of them somewhat well, and yet they can trust that the Lord has appointed all 15 of them for their good and for their benefit and, and for their maturity and godliness and submit to them. 1 Corinthians 3, 4 and 6, for when one says, I follow Paul and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each I planted Apollos watered but God gave the growth and so pastors are God's good idea for the church and so how someone's heart responds to their pastors can often even be an indicator of how their heart is responding to the Lord Jesus this is my gift to you the Lord says to care for you And if we go, yeah, but you know, I'm not feeling the way that they're doing that because I just don't like it. Well, is that an indicator of how your heart is responding to the good gift that the Lord has provided? Of course, barring sin and barring uh, gross oversight, how we respond to those that the Lord has given to, to, to have charge over us for our good is also an indicator of how we're responding to the Lord Jesus. Uh, And and, and I want to talk about some practical ways as we wind down here that that the pastors are called to manage the church. But before we do that, uh, just any questions, comments uh, so far? Going once, going twice. Okay. uh, 1 Peter 5, 2 through 4 so we see we see peter encourage pastors in 1 peter 5 2 through 4 to shepherd the flock of god that is among you exercising oversight uh, not under compulsion but willingly as god would have you not for shameful gain but eagerly not domineering over those in your charge but being examples to the flock and, and when the chief shepherd appears you will receive the unfading crown of glory and so He says, you're supposed to exercise as pastor's oversight. How is this oversight carried out within the life of a local church? Well, one way is simply through appointing other pastors, other uh, leaders, deacons, even listen to Paul's exhortation to Titus, Titus one, five through seven. This is why I left you in Crete so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. He also encourages Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. We also see this in Acts 6, uh, 1 through 7 in the appointing of deacons, which we'll talk more about in it in a couple of weeks. But, but this means that one of the ways that pastors exercise oversight in managing the church is by being responsible for recognizing and, and discipling even and caring for and pouring into people, men who might be also qualified to take up uh, the same office. The, the second way we see this fleshed out is pastors being responsible for personal discipleship in the church. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. And so while it is All our responsibility to build one another up, certainly in the Lord, and to open the scriptures together, to pray together, to exhort one another, to encourage one another, to admonish one another, to point each other towards Christ. It is the pastor's unique responsibility as he manages the church to make sure that that's happening among one another and, and himself one to another. Pastors are also responsible to oversee all the affairs of the church. They're overseers this means all the different ministries though they might be led by by different people faithfully led it's it's the pastor's job the elder's job to to make sure that that they're being led in accordance with the word and and that people are being built up and encouraged and it's their responsibility to watch over those things like mac and women's ministry and evangelism and and all the different uh ministries that might exist within a local church and this is why it's beneficial to have a team of elders we see plurality all throughout the new testament when speaking of elders because just one person can't manage all that it's not wise it's not prudent it's not helpful and people are going to to miss the care that they're they're called to receive in the scriptures pastors are also responsible for the ministry of the word and worship in in the in the church first timothy four preach the word be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. And so, everything that happens at the church with the word and the preaching of the word, whether it's on Thursday night or Sunday afternoon, or whether we're singing or whether we're, uh, we're whether we're administering uh, prayer time before Bible study, pastors are responsible to make sure that the preached word and the proclamation of the word is done in a way that's sound and that it's in accordance with the scriptures. Titus 1:19, he must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine. And so pastors are responsible for planning things like preaching schedules like picking songs on Sunday to make sure that we're, we're picking songs that are going to build people up as best that we can in the word and in maturity in Christ, We're responsible for, for planning services and, and, and Bible studies, anything that corresponds to the teaching and preaching of the word falls under the purview of, of pastors. Pastors are also also responsible for matters of discipline in the church. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience. And so even in matters of discipline that pastors are, call, are to call the church's attention to, they're to do this in patience and humility and gentleness, mindful of their own weakness, mindful of their own sin. Pastors are responsible for managing all that happens within the local church. And they are not called to do this out of mis, a misplaced sense of uh, even this is my job. And so I guess I have to do it. You know, that's 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 taking up the office under compulsion. Paul says to do it willingly. I love doing this. I want to do this. It gives me joy. It makes my heart sing. Hey, you don't want your pastor coming to work every day, going, "Well, I guess this is my job. Just punching the clock." That's not how Paul has called pastors to serve. It also doesn't come from a sinful desire to control people. First Peter five, two and three shepherd, the flock of God that is among you exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you not for shameful gain, but eagerly not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. This is not my church in a sense. This is not Valtor Church or, or Brian Church or any other pastors. This is Jesus. These are Jesus sheep. You're, you belong to Jesus. And so no pastor lays claim over a specific group of believers. They're stewards. They're, they're servants. And they're to do this in all humility. And they're to be examples to the flock in humility. This is one of the reasons that that even in pra- very practically that we vote on certain things and and give everyone a heads up about what we're voting on because it's an opportunity to hear from the entire church on certain decisions that we have to make together. And so the pastor isn't just saying, this is this is what we're doing. this is the decision. you have to live with it. And, and barring matters of grave oversight or 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 issues even of conscience, it's also an opportunity for the church to say, Oh, yes. Okay. We submit We submit to the office that God has put in place. We trust you. We love you. Thank you. So even voting is an opportunity for, for the church to be heard and for even the church to submit. It, it's one of the ways that we show our unity in agreement in following the leadership that the Lord has provided. And, and the world votes differently. The world votes, okay, because they're like, well, this is my opinion and that I wanna, I want to be heard. They're insisting on their own way. And one of the ways they insist on their own way, own way is, by, is by letting you know, I want to be heard. And it's that's not the goal in God's church. Pastors are given to manage all the church in humility, in patience, in kindness, being mindful of the fact that all in the church do not belong to pastors. They belong to the chief shepherd and remember remember now the goal of the goal of the pastorate the goal of pastoring a church is so that the church might one obey christ jesus says go therefore and make disciples of all nations teaching them in uh, baptizing them in the name of the father and the son of the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i have commanded you and so pastors labor so the church obeys not them but jesus and pastors manage all the church for her joy. Uh, 2 Corinthians one twenty four, Not that we lord it over your faith, but we work with you for your joy. For you stand firm in the faith. And pastors oversee all the church so that she might be equipped, so that her unity might be preserved, and so that she might be presented mature in Christ. Ephesians 4.11-13, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's what we're after here. That's what pastors are after. We wanna see the church shaped into the image of Christ. And we do this all looking to the chief shepherd. Listen to Jesus. John 10, 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus is the chief shepherd. And, and what is the way that Jesus chose to show this is how I shepherd the church this is how I care for them by laying down his very life. He's the chief shepherd and he's the perfect obedient servant. Philippians 2, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so in Christ, you have the perfect chief shepherd, and he shows you that he loves you and he cares for you. And he wants to he wants to see your soul thrive in him by laying down his life. And we don't deserve it. The fact that you are a member of a church and the church affirms that your faith in Christ is a miraculous work of God. It's a mark that you have a great chief shepherd. And if you leave this church and go to another church with other little shepherds you still have the same chief shepherd whose death it stands for you whose blood speaks for you who loves you supremely not because you've done anything to earn it but because he's he gives love and grace and kindness and mercy to sinners and he shows he chose to show his his, his shepherdness most clearly in giving you his life. And 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 we know from the word when he appears, when the chief shepherd appears, pastors and all Christians we get a we 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 get an unfading crown of glory. Amen.